Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to Lewis Black's Rantcast number 23, entitled, Pa-ra-pa-pa-pum, Boy Are We Dumb! Yeah, I'd have sung the whole thing, but you don't really want to listen to that. And if you don't think we're dumb, let me just say right off the bat, go fuck yourself, okay? I don't know, you slept, you literally, you sleepwalk through the year. How do I know? How do I know we're dumb? <laughs> because, and just this is just simple, on one little simple way. 31 other countries, apparently, are, 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 are received more vaccine than we have, okay? 31 other countries. Start listing them, okay? That'll give you something to do until lunch. Yes, this is it. We are trundling toward the end of this year, and I could probably scream through this fucking episode. And I usually, usually would do kind of a year in review. At the West Bank Cafe, where we're doing a, a GoFundMe page to make sure that when all is said and done and it is over, that really an institution that uh, I call it an institution is ridiculous, a home for theater artists and artists of uh, musical artists, artists of every size, shape and description have called home for 42 years. We are trying to make sure that uh, it remains in operation, where I went from being a, a playwright to becoming <laughs> The, the gentle, sweet comic you all know and love. Uh, but I would normally be uh, there this New Year's. I'd probably be there, you know, I'd be there doing a year in review. And, uh, but uh, to be honest, uh, if I had to do a year in review this year, I believe doing a year in review would be, it would take a, a, a year, literally a year to do a year in review. This is the first year on record. Usually you got like 10 things. There were, two, there were 20 things in, a, in, a, in, a, in practically every fucking day. It would take a year to get through it. It would take just to go through the uh, pounds and pounds of tweets, followed by the response of either a, a Democrat saying something or somebody on TV, some, some newscaster going, and, uh, or a Republican or a lack of response on anything. It would take a it would take a fucking year. Maybe that's what I'll do next year. Maybe next year my whole year will be a year in review because I really have been stunned by this. As I imagine most folks are, but I uh, I I just you know I, it's I, I, many people say, well gee how how come you didn't comment on it? Because I, I don't think a, a lot of this shit needs to be commented on. All right. I think uh, by commenting on things that he said, get, let a dignity. To the fact that oh he that, that meant something no it didn't mean anything if you this country ever wanted to prove to itself you know that the federal government doesn't work the best way to go at it was to elect somebody who didn't know how the federal government worked and leave it in their hands 
And that's how you end up with, oh, there's 31 countries ahead of us. Oh, we don't know. We weren't able to get the vaccine out this week properly. Oh, we, we're not sure if it's a state problem or a federal problem. Gee, I haven't looked at I haven't looked at the uh, I don't know how this works. There's a lot of I don't understand what all these people are doing here. I said, well, you know what they're doing there? They're there to facilitate shit, you idiot. You right? When federal government works it because somebody knows how to run it. That's how. And should it be, you know, cleaned up? And should there be a, uh, a way in which we kind of thin it out? Yes. That's a given, too. To try to prove to ourselves that it doesn't work is ludicrous because it has to work. Or we end up where? In the shitter. And we end up having to go, gee, boy, let's have a year in review that lasts a year. We end up at the end of the year with, with a Congress that just got elected. How, how did they, how did people even go to vote? Seriously for Congress. I get how they went to vote for the president or the leader. <laughs> I get how they went to do that. But why would you vote for, for Congress people who didn't do the one thing that they had to do, which was to come up with a stimulus before you voted for them? And then after you voted for them, it still took them time because they can't see what's going They were wandering around from village to fucking Dell, every one of them in their goddamn districts looking for a vote. And the best they can come up with is this pile of shit that helps nobody. On a minimal level, it helps. 600 bucks, go fuck yourselves. $300, fuck you. We're not going to help states. Kiss my fucking ass. Okay? Boy, we really need to make sure that these corporations, all right, you did it. Okay, dig up some other money, okay, that doesn't exist either. It's like kind of a fantasy that we've come up with and prop up the same way when we go to see a goddamn fucking Broadway show, a fantasy that we prop up that we're all sitting there because we want to believe it's real, because we want to get away for a couple hours. Well, this isn't getting away. This is reality. And your one job was to fucking figure out how to take care of people. That's your job, Congress. God damn it. Take care of the, the fucking corporations. Boy, we're really worried about the liability. That's what you're holding it up over? Seriously. I did. I used to do a joke. I forget what the, I guess it was Bush. It had this check. They, were, they voted on a check to send to the American people's. And I said, and the check was meaningless, much like the, the 600 bucks. Uh, I mean, it helps. I get it. But it should. It's way too short and way too late. And they should have been getting, they should have had a check before, and then they should have had a check now before Christmas. It's Christmas, you fucking idiots. Parapapapum. Why do you know, you'd be better off, you know, and, and probably feel better if your congressman just showed up at your door and said, uh, you know, we weren't able to get anything done, but, uh, and, and then have the congressman piss, piss on your foot. Piss all over your shoes, which is what they've done. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Before Christmas. And they can't come, that somehow people are going to take advantage of it? Are you shitting me? Do you look around at all? Do you have any idea of the damage that's been done out there? You live on that fucking, you live on that kind of money. You couldn't, in the midst of this, because he wasn't doing it, you guys couldn't put together a group of people to come up with some kind of fucking plan once you know that the shit had hit the fan and you knew that he didn't know what to do with all of the levers that he had? Not even close. Once he showed up, not knowing how to deal with the goddamn, how to calm people down in terms of how to lead them through a fucking pandemic. You expected him to know how to, well, the Dow Jones is up, the stock market, go fuck yourselves. You know, goddamn well, that's got nothing to do with 90% or whatever of the American people, or 40%, whatever the fuck it is. Go, you know what the numbers are. That's the only numbers you know. That and the, 
and what your goddamn fucking check's going to be each month after you retire as a congressman or a congresswoman. Son of a bitch. God, it's wrong. And how you can sleep at night, Jesus. Boy, we're talking about sleep. I'll tell you this. It'll be interesting if, <laughs> by the time we get to New Year's, if anybody's awake by the time we get to 2021. I really wanted to see it come in, but this fucking year just wore me out. I'm going to take a nap now. Mitch, the genius who uh, is uh, part of the reason we've been having problems in Congress, the man who uh, forgot how to smile, that'll be the movie that I won't be writing. He said this week, in regards to the pandemic, I believe, I've got to look it up. I wrote it down. I write, I get tons of little notes here. George Carlin used to write notes, but he was very meticulous about it. I'm I'm like pathetic. I've got even other stuff. It might as I've got like uh, pick up pickles. <laughs> and, and Mitch McConnell said, the future will take care of itself. How, what a brilliant son of a bitch he is, huh? Really? The future will take care of itself, Mitch? No, it won't. The future doesn't take care of itself unless you take care of the present. How the fuck do you miss that? Because you're not taking care of the present, are you, Mitch? No, you're fucking not. You're just worried about who's going to be the judges. People fucking don't have food. And you're worried about who's going to be the judge at a court. Wow. The, The mind can't even encompass there are there are no words it was some week normally i don't have much to say the the thing is is that i was outside yesterday and i was getting pickles i generally i'm not mean in person I'm not I'm, I'm not i save it for for people like mitch mcconnell who i've no effect on as i sit here in my quasi office in my apartment in New York, but I'm not mean with, with people, but I, you know, I go outside on the streets here and, and people in New York city are really you know, pretty good when it comes to this uh, mask thing and social distancing. But uh, I go down a couple of blocks. They have a guy who shows up with pickles and olives and stuff. And there's a small farmer's market. They're selling some trees there now for Christmas. And I go down once a week to to get my, my fix. And, and this time there was a, a woman is online and she's in like one of those uh, motorized carts. And, but right behind her is a guy, like a foot away. And I'm looking at that and it just irks the shit out of me. Now, at first I think, well, maybe it's, that's, it, he's the son or something, but it's, he's not. He shouldn't be a foot away. What's the matter with people, huh? And this is the city that should know. You know, I just, I see people with the, the mask and the, you know, it's it's on their mouth, it's not on their nose. Come on, guys. People walking around without them. Stop it. It just, it starts to build and I get angry and angry. And, you know, and so I finally just have to, to get my ass home. And because also during, if I go in a store or something, you know, I start counting because of the. The, the amount of info I've gotten from watching uh, television and, and, and reading on my computer on a variety of sites. Well, how long should you be in the, in the store with a mask on? How Until you might get it. So I'm in there and I'm like, it's like, it's like supermarket sweep, but you're only buying one thing. Come on, buy your shit. Come on, I got to get the fuck out of here. I've only got three minutes or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get it. And that partly because every, you know, every two days you hear, I did everything, you know, I, can't believe I got it. I mean, I, there, I can't even imagine how I got it because I did everything I possibly. Well, what? Well, then how the fuck did you get it? Were you in the CVS too long? Getting a getting a your melatonin so you could sleep. But I was standing there waiting for these pickles, and then these these guys showed up, and I think it was a father and two sons, and I'm, I'm looking at them and. Uh, and I stood back, not online, because there's a place to go down a, a row 
that you can go down to get um, to get to the go to the vegetable stand. So I didn't want to stand in front of that. And so um, they come in and I thought they were going to go get vegetables and that they were waiting because I thought there were supposed to be a certain amount of people getting vegetables. You know, that there were only as few people could come in at a time. And this is all outdoors, by the way. And that because people have been asking about that. So it was on my mind and now, and they're standing there and I'm realizing, oh man, they didn't see me. So I said, you know, excuse me, um, are you getting pickles? And they said, uh, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I happen to be here. And they said, well, you're not online. And I said, well, I'm, I, I just kind of been big on social distancing. And they said, well, so are we. And how long? And then they said, how long have you been there? And I said, five minutes. And they said, They'd been there five minutes and they hadn't been there five minutes. They literally had just arrived. I hadn't been there five minutes, but I'd been there about three minutes. And it was really fucking cold out. And so my brain kind of clicked out. Fucking Okay, well, um, you know, so I said, okay, then get the pickles. That's fine. Well, I don't know why you're standing there. I said, yeah, I don't know why you waited so long. I said, because I thought you were going to go in. But I'm seething inside. I'm trying to hide how pissed I am. And I, and I don't want to be a prick. And, uh, you know, they say, get, you get the pickles. I don't, no, no, it's okay. I'm fine. No, you get them. No, you get them. You get them. So they got their pickles and stuff, but I, I can't believe how I almost explode. I did explode a little with Amex, but you know, but that's, I didn't really explode enough considering here's one for you. I sent out an Amex gift card, some gift cards this week. It's a way to thank people. And I used Amex for my business. For those of you who have a burning interest in that, and uh, I use it for my business, and I've, I discovered that uh, I sent it, I sent these cards out to these folks and that know each other, and I was sending them in one envelope so it'd be easier. You don't want to you send out two; you, one of them might show not show up this way. At least I've got can track one of them. And then I realized, I said uh, after it was done, I said after I kind of went and did another thing, and then kind of went, oh my, and kind of got back to them and said, you know, uh, you know, I really need no one ask my name. Is my name going to be on it? Well, no, we don't do that. I said, but it's a gift card. Shouldn't you just say from Lewis Black? Well, we we just don't do that. We just, I mean, you just send the card like, hey, uh, Amex wants to thank you for, you know, we know you're not a customer, but we just wanted to say Merry Christmas. Huh? Are you fucking kidding me? Amex, Shambasa Corporation. Parapapapum. Boy, are we dumb. How do you, well, I call it a gift card. Why don't I just call it a lottery? You've won the lottery. You won the MX lottery. I'm still kind of, huh, worn me out. I went, I went and talked to a couple of, yeah, you know, people were very, uh, they're good. Their customer service is good. It should be. They said, you know, we're really, we're really sorry. We couldn't help you. You know, we just don't do that. We're going to look into that. You know, that's really something we should do. So we'll be making some moves forward. I should have said, you know, the leader has his, will have his name on those stimulus checks, I'm sure. You know, here comes another round, you know, on the too little, too late front. And uh, that's where we are. This will be the um, the final rant cast this year. We're going to take next week off and, and think about our blessings and, and the year and, and really how to put together a, a show that every day maybe I'll go through the whole year. Maybe that'll be my new thing. Ten minutes a day. What happened? What happened last year? Starting maybe on like January 10th, once I get some rest and recover from this year. Let's look back. January 10th, 2020. Will 10 minutes be enough to go through what the fuck happened? Because by February, whoo, we're back in the shitter again. And so it goes. We're trundling this week. To Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts, home of Holy Cross College. And a, uh, my friend Michael Rich, who I believe I may mention later on, and, uh, and Richard Dresser, who wrote that splendid rant you heard a few weeks ago. So um, we played at the Hanover Theater there. I've been playing Worcester for quite some time. I played at a Chinese restaurant there. Some of the worst Chinese food I've ever eaten. The shrimp and lobster sauce that I believe had hamburger in it. I've never seen that before or since. Where I watched a hypnotist uh, hypnotize a group. <laughs> it was kind of an X-rated hypnotist. And <laughs> one of the young ladies uh, threw up. 
And it was great for me because I, I didn't have to work but 10 minutes. I was supposed to be the headliner, but they overbooked and said, well, we'll pay anyway. <laughs> ah, Worcester. What memories? I wish I was there now. I do miss being on the road. I look forward to it. Who knows when it all comes back? We'll see. It's kind of like, I don't know if I want to go to a theater where, you know, 500 people were sitting and there should be 2,000 people there. There's something a little strange about that, but we'll see. Who knows? I do know that I wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas, a very uh, happy Kwanzaa, and uh, whatever else. If you don't celebrate it, good for you. I certainly don't. I wrote a book about it. And I won't be able to do it this first year. I won't be able to do my normal Christmas activities, my rituals. All of our rituals have been taken from us, I think. You try to hold on to them. It was you establish new ones and uh, hopefully be able to, to, to find them again. I'm sure we will. Because uh, I think we're a lot smarter than, we, than we've been. And I think we can be that smart again. I think we lived through a, we've been living through a perfect storm. And we all kind of strapped ourselves to the, uh, the, the wood that held up the sails and prayed that we wouldn't get fucking shoved overboard. I hope you, um, I hope you dry off and get ready for the year ahead. Take care of each other. Thanks for listening. It, it does mean a lot. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This comes to us by way of Diane Buletich or Buletic. I'm not sure which, and I'm sorry, Diane. You know, I got to thinking the other day with Christmas coming and all, what would Jesus say if he were here today, witnessing what's going on in the evangelical circle? And I think he would say, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, because everything you're saying and doing is cruel and unusual. I mean, if people like Paula White can pretend to speak in tongues and to command angels out of Africa and South America to support a misogynist, racist, lying creep without being arrested or having your 501c3 revoked, then I can say to her that I know Jesus. And when we met, oh, it seems like lifetimes ago in Nazareth, I followed him through the streets of old Jerusalem. I sat at his feet and listened, and he told me to tell you to shut the fuck up. Be quiet and read a book. Maybe he'll give you a copy of Isaiah for Christmas. Hmm? It's an oldie but a goodie, all about what happens when you lie and cheat and deliberately mislead people in the name of the Lord. Oh, and he wanted me to tell the president's mouthpiece to tuck in her crucifix. Oh, that's right. She can't because it'll burn her flesh. It's not constantly hanging out there just to hypnotize a certain few. In fact, why don't you just take it off before you hurt yourself with it? Personally, I'm not big on the cross as a symbol for the life and teachings of Jesus, and I don't think Jesus is either. When I think of the time I shared with Jesus, I think of all the people he healed. And that time in the temple, when he turned the tables on the lying cheating moneylenders. But mostly, Jesus talked about love and forgiveness. He talked about it a lot. 
Whenever there was a quiet moment, we'd open some wine, get philosophical. I don't recall him saying, you know, when I die, hang a cross around your neck as a symbol of my suffering. Uh, that was someone else more than a hundred fucking years later. Hmm? Jesus said, love thy neighbor, even if he's Mexican. Hmm? That's what he said. Love thy neighbor. He didn't have a list of exclusions. He even said it on the cross. Love thy neighbor, you privileged white perverts, even if he's Mexican. And shut the fuck up! Um, I actually read from Isaiah during my uh, bar mitzvah, but I can't remember which section. Yeah, I wish I could. That would be really nice to be able to comment on what you had to say there, Diane. Uh, well put. Thank you. This rant comes to us from David Lawrence Reed. Dear Mr. Black, I'm not sure a thank you note qualifies as a rant, unless you take into account that I couldn't find a fucking mailing address to which I could send a card. Son of a bitch. Look, I'm not a stalker. Anyway, I came upon your I'm Dreaming of a Black Christmas several years ago, and it inspired me. For many years now, I've been in charge of writing and sending the household holiday cards, and with each passing year, it had become more and more frustrating as I was compelled to compose a, oh, how the fuck do I put this, a bunch of seasonal platitudes so that people would know I really cared and was so fucking full of the holiday spirit, even in cards to my wife's friends, most of whom I'd never met. Then I learned about your Christmas morning tradition of writing out checks for charity. Suddenly the lights came on in Santa's workshop. I said to myself, let's make these cards really mean something. I started out small, donating books to school kids in San Francisco, and then broadened my scope each year thereafter, planting trees, supporting food banks, contributing to veterinarian services for the animal companions of homeless folks. It felt great. But this isn't really about how I feel or my generosity. It's to let you know that thanks to you, people are reciprocating. I now get holiday cards announcing donations made in my honor. It's a, it's a movement. So I wanted to thank you by making a donation to the Arbor Day Foundation because there are few easier ways to take a stand against global warming than by planting a stand of evergreens in a national park. But I don't know where to send the certificate that I got. I have it in PDF format and was hoping to send it as an attachment. But your webpage doesn't allow for that. So send me a forwarding address or just take my word for it. And either way, thanks. And have a happy new year. Sincerely, David Lawrence Reed, San Francisco, California. Well, thank you, David. Thanks for planting those trees. I didn't know there was an Arbor Day Foundation. David asked me actually to insert some profanity here and there, and I did it in a couple of places. But uh, it's uh, it's nice that uh, it's it's kind of nice that that uh, actually had an effect. It was the one thing that made me feel, the thing that makes me feel better about Christmas. I do it earlier now. I just finished it up the other day and uh, got all of my uh, giving out there and uh, some, some in the names of folks. But thanks, David. That was uh, very nice of you to send that along. Look at, look at what I sound like. I'm kind of filled with Christmas glee well, or nausea. <laughs> we have a rant here. From Ben N. Dear Lewis Black, my name is Ben, and I'm a 27-year-old graduate student returning from two years overseas, just in time to have experienced the past few months of what I can only describe as organized insanity. First off, I want to thank you because you're the son of a bitch that made me realize at 13 how much everything sucks, and being the voice of frustration in my head, it has gotten so bad that my peers have begun to call me grandpa. Yet, I remain a loyal fan, and for that I sincerely thank you. They shouldn't be calling you grandpa just because you express frustration. That's not just—that's not a province of the just the elderly. Huh. Now for the rant. And boy, is this a long one, so strap in. As mentioned, I've returned from studying overseas and experiencing three months of a real lockdown. Besides dealing with smackhead neighbors who were in trouble with the Albanians, 
Life was great over there. I had the fine pleasure of explaining to many foreigners what the fuck was happening over here. And even being born and raised in the middle of rural conservative yeehaw fuckistan, I could not find ways to explain the erratic behavior half this country seemed to create. And yes, folks, they're watching everything over there. And let me tell you all one thing, explaining our politics to them was a fucking nightmare. You fuckers try to explain to them why we're letting deranged fucks, folks, my bad, run everything. Uh, But I digress. Now I'm back in the U.S., And let me tell you what little positive expectations that I had left of this place were flushed down into the societal septic tank the moment I got back. First off, this COVID situation has made me go insane. And anyone telling me they are tired of lockdown can kiss my fucking ass. I had to spend time locked up in a little apartment for three months just to return to live with my middle-aged parents entering their bickering stage, to the point it feels like I'm living with George Costanza's parents off of Seinfeld. There's also two yappy dogs, Teddy and Tilly. <laughs> really? Teddy and Tilly? Uh, that's That kind of sets the scene. Who have become the replacement children since I and my siblings have moved out. And like to wake me up early in the morning because they saw a squirrel. And I had to deal with all of this during the election and fucking endure it. All because locals in this area still think COVID is some common flu. My PhD application is being delayed due to COVID running around the schools, and I can't leave my house during the prime of my life because my parents are at high risk for catching the virus. And let me tell you, all of you that are listening, the last thing I want to do in 2020 is bury my parents. Also, what the fuck is going on with public schooling? I was homeschooled and saw much more organizing and logic from a creationist-funded homeschool program than half the stuff I'm seeing. And this is coming from someone studying fucking science. You want to know why a third of the nation believes the WWE is real and thinks this political clusterfuck is all fine? Look no further than the quality of our public schoolings and the fuckers who stripped it into the mess it is today. It's funny that I got questioned because of my homeschooling, because now I see the same fuckers beginning to homeschool their kids because they've lost complete faith in the school system. And that's even if they can fucking afford it in this shit fuck economy. I'd be lying if I said I had much hope for the future. But the way I'm seeing how the Democrats and Republicans are handling it, I'm losing complete faith in the system, as are many of my peers, most who are just trying to make ends meet. And everyone saying how great it is to have corporatist Democrats coming back in charge because they're not Trump can royally stuff them. The bar with Trump was set so low, a plate full of shit, Sitting around doing nothing would have been better than him. So shut the fuck up. Personally, I see them getting the House, the Senate, and the presidency. But it still wouldn't surprise me if they still find a way to get nothing done for half of this country. Don't even get me started on the fucking Republicans. Oh, thanks, McConnell, for a $600 check. Now I can afford to wipe my ass. So now this is what we have to look forward to in this two-party system. Maybe three if we end up with an exile of the Trumpers from the Republican Party. Wow, what a great option to have. I really have little hope of the future leadership of this land of dum-dums for the foreseeable future. Congratulations, America. You managed to make idiocracy happen in real life, you fucks. (laughs) And, oh, wait, there's more. I guess... (laughs) That's most of the things I wanted to get off my chest. That was a lot to write down, a lot to read, too. I'll tell you that, Ben.
Anyway, Lewis, thank you for hearing me out. You've been a great source of laughs during these difficult times, and along with George Carlin, have provided an outlet for my frustration. Maybe one day I'll see you at a comedy club, and then I can give you my Trump on the Titanic joke I developed overseas to help explain to people where this country was at. I look forward to hearing that. I wish you a very happy New Year's, and here's hoping we can go the fuck back outside safely in 2021. Sincerely, Benjamin. Well, thank you, Benjamin. I look forward to going back outside in 2021, and here's to a grand year ahead. All righty. <laughs> can see why they're calling you grandpa. <laughs> okay. Thank you. This is Heather Ward's rant. I can think of no better person with whom to share the following tale of fuckery. Earlier this month, I became one of the millions of people who was infected with COVID-19. Yes, I caught the virus in spite of being cautious, practically to the point of stitching my own hazmat suit out of Lysol disinfecting wipes. Much gratitude to all my fellow freedom-loving Americans who spewed the disease-ridden spittle all over the local grocery store. Because by God, we're not going to live in fear. <laughs> Thanks for the potential long-term organ damage, you fuck nuts. Anyway, I was in fact pretty lucky, and my symptoms were fairly mild. I'm only half joking about the long-term organ damage, since we really don't know what the long-term effects of this totally novel and poorly understood virus may be. Whee! I started to develop a persistent cough on December 2nd, and even though I wanted to believe it was just allergies, I went in for a test on December 4th. From the time I started showing symptoms, I was in isolation, except to go to urgent care. I got my positive result on December 7th. I stayed true to CDC guidelines and kept myself in isolation for well over the recommended 10 days from the onset of symptoms. In short, I tried to do everything that I was supposed to do to protect the people around me. Well, yesterday, December 16th, I got a call from a contact tracer from the Missouri Department of Health. I happily answered all of his questions, even though, as he himself pointed out, the ship had well and truly fucking sailed as far as using this information to prevent further infection. He told me he would be passing along the info from our interview to the St. Louis Department of Health, just for their data gathering and tracking purposes. St. Louis, the uh, ancestral home of my friend Kathleen Madigan. I'll have to tell her about this. Here's the kicker. Today, December 17th, I got an email from the St. Louis Health Department informing me the following. <laughs> this letter, oh, we are so sad. This letter is an official notice that your test for COVID-19 was positive. You are required to self-isolate in compliance with the standards established by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. These guidelines are available at www.cdc.gov slash coronavirus slash 2019 ncov slash hcp slash disposition in home patients <laughs> html. I didn't even do all the little dashes because you screen positive for COVID-19. You must obtain clearance from a medical provider before you can return to your normal activities, including work. Oh, you don't say, uh, City of St. Louis. Hmm? I am COVID positive? <laughs> really? Thanks for the timely information. Also, Thanks ever so much for the helpful guidelines regarding isolation. Super helpful now that I've already finished my motherfucking isolation. So we have no coherent national strategy for handling this virus. Everything has been left to state and local governments. Well, kids, here's a good illustration of how smoothly and efficiently things are happening at the state and local levels. God damn it. What this boils down to is that the government is so dysfunctional at every fucking level that each individual is truly on his or her own to protect themselves and to protect their fellow citizens, meaning we are depending on our fellow men to be responsible. 
All I can say to that is, yikes! Thanks for taking the time to read this. <laughs> Please stay safe out there. I'm doing what I can, Heather, and thanks. You know, thank you for writing it. This had to be read. It's really true that we're just depending on each other. They left it to the, the federal government, left it to the states, and then the states left it to the to the people. And then a lot of the people went, no, nah, there's not a problem. Wow. I'm glad to hear you're better, and I hope you have lots of antibodies, Heather, and I uh, hope you have a very good Christmas. And all your organs have, <laughs> all your organs are little ones. No, I didn't mean to put it that way. All your, hope all your, your I hope your organs uh, stay intact. And that doesn't become a problem. That virus is a bitch, isn't it? And then you use that word. People go, well, why'd you use that word? Because it's a word used for a dog. That's why. All right. <laughs> Sent me down a rabbit hole there, Heather. Here's a short one from Tom Britton. Bought some instant cocoa mix at the store. Box cover read, hot cocoa, in huge letters. When I went to make it, it was only marshmallow mix. Tiny letters underneath said, marshmallow mix for hot Cocoa. Now this comes to us from Kieran Richardson. He's uh, written a number of uh, pieces, rants and stories, and uh, he's really, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to get something from him. I don't read them all, and I wanted to take the opportunity to read this one. And uh, just because I don't read them doesn't mean that I don't like them, Kieran. Uh, I enjoy them. And Kieran lives in Gilbert, Arizona. A fan near the fountain. I just picked the black hat to wear because it was free and relatively clean. Standing in line at the pharmacy in Fountain Hills, Arizona, home of Sheriff Joe and his posse, I didn't expect anyone would notice. Is that a Lewis Black shirt around face lady asked? We will ignore the word salad, confusing shirt and hat. Not all Lewis Black fans can afford the prevagen. More surprisingly, she spotted the hat while I was turned toward the pharmacist. She had to spot it with just looking at the L and B and the little finger logo in the corner. Shocking that someone in Fountain Hills would even know who Lewis Black is. Fountain Hills Boulevard is loaded with churches. Presbyterians, Catholics, and two flavors of Lutheran. You have to look hard to find the one and only temple. Not to put too fine a point on it, but many more Lewis Black fans like the menorah than take communion. Finding the one other Lewis Black fan in Fountain Hills is like finding a good steak at a vegan colony. I'm a big fan, she said under her mask. It felt like we were the only two masked people in this red sea of lunacy they call Safeway Grocery Store. Did I reach out to make her feel welcome? Fuck no. Did I connect on some human level to let her know that she was not alone in this town full of pickup trucks and Trump flags? Fuck no. I did what the hat did. I smiled a smile she could not see under my mask, and I quietly flipped her off. Me too, I mumbled. As always, thank you, Kieran. Okay, we're here in uh, the Hanover Theater in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Worcester is the ancestral home of uh, two of my close friends, Michael Ritchie, who runs uh, uh, a major theater company, uh, the, the, the biggest theater company out in Los Angeles, and uh, Richard Dresser, who's one of America's fine writers. There was actually, to give a sense of how um, 
sad at times a city like Worcester can be is, is that there was actually a Richard Dresser day. <laughs> and I'm sure not one of you fuckers knows who he is. <laughs> and you really should look him up because he's just a really great writer. He's gifted. And uh, I'm so amazed that he got a day, that fucker. Um, <laughs> I came to... Worcester, years ago, I, I, I first performed here at a Chinese restaurant, uh, the Aku Aku, and uh, it was, uh, and I was, I, I actually, it was really uh, unbelievable because at times they would bring in a, uh, a uh, an X-rated uh, uh, hypnotist, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you like that. So he, uh, it was great for me because they would bump me uh, so I wouldn't, I'd really not have to work the late show. They'd still pay me because this fucking, the X-rated hypnotist got that kind of reaction. <laughs> so, but I was there one night and he was having them do stuff and they were, they were all like plots. I mean, they were fucking, there was a group of, uh, of uh, women sitting around a table drinking out of the Yaku Yaku was known for these giant fishbowl fucking things, gallons and gallons of liquor you drank through a straw. And they, to, and they, so he brought him up on stage, you're feeling sleepy. The, the, the woman threw up. <laughs> It was just great. The panic that went through the audience. The, some of them then started to get sick. The others, oh, God. One of the great nights in my comedy life. Uh, so this is... Uh, uh, this is uh, last night. Uh, came, this came in last night. So the, the, after the show, this woman wrote in. Shana wrote in. I work at a tech company. At your show, last night's show, I sent a drunk couple home in an Uber who just seen the show and they couldn't sign into the app, the Uber app, and get home. And so I got them one and I paid for it. They still said, "Well, that doesn't help get the app open." This, in capital letters, she goes, "Is your audience." That's right. They all come. Every one of them shows up. It's Zuri Bob. It's Zuri. Some of my audience drinks, oddly enough, as do I. <laughs> Lindsay um, McNeely. So give a shout out to the guy at the Hanover sitting in front of us that brought a fucking cheese stick <laughs> and his vape. Man, he believe. <laughs> oh, this is wait, wait a sec. No, wait. Whoops. Um, um, yeah, uh, uh, this is uh, this is Mandy Believer. Hey, Lewis, this year my husband moved me to Worcester from Kansas City. I hate the Patriots. The weather is horrible. People drive like asshole. And the best seats I could get for your show are far back. Okay, well, all right. I'm sorry about that, Mandy. But I did read your thing, so, you know. And, um... No, and I will tell you that, Mandy, they can't hear you. This goes throughout the world, and there are people in Rhodesia going, I don't know what the fuck she's saying. So, uh, just so you know, that there's someone uh, who probably in the, who left Worcester and moved to Kansas City and wrote the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> I hate the Chiefs, the weather sucks, these people are assholes, fuck you, and I had to sit at the back. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, Andy, I also got a thing saying, um, from, uh, come on, you fucking piece of shit, from Maria M. Love Worcester. I even have a t-shirt that says you can't buy happiness, but you can go to Worcester and, have, and that's the same thing. <laughs> and it's true. That is the happiest fuck I've written. You are one happy fuck, Maria. <laughs> I mean, I realized that Worcester, from the time I came here, I guess about starting about 30 years ago till now, that is, when I first came here, whoo, Oh, what a shithole, but it is. No, it was. It was a nice shithole. My friends who were born and raised here loved it. I get it. I fucking get it. But if you're wandering into town, you go, holy fuck. 
I'm going to stay at the Holiday Inn and walk over to the Aku Aku and then come back and watch people vomit. What a treat. <laughs> oh, they're going to build a hospital over train tracks. This town is fucking brilliant. But it has exploded here. I mean, God, this place, this place has gone off the charts. There's like 5,000 more buildings than I ever imagined. It's like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. I don't know what's going on here, but I think you guys stole some money. <laughs> this is Gail Brown in Worcester, Mass. As if dealing with nor'easters isn't bad enough, if you're a city snowplow driver, you have to keep your doors locked for fear of death or hookers looking for side jobs. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's kind of a hellish gig to be out in a blizzard looking to give somebody a blowjob. <laughs> Especially awkward when you're a new plow driver and the girl opens your door dumbfounded to find you're a girl too. <laughs> These actually came in back to back. And I'm going to read the first one, and then I'll read the second one. The second one is actually the answer to the first one. Because when I read the first one, I thought about it for a second. Then I read the second one, it went perfect. <laughs> this is Alan Wong. Anything you hate more than candy corn? Amber Veo or Vio said, white supremacists. <laughs> Lou Ramos is, a, is here tonight. He's a local comic, busting his ass with many others trying to get the city of Worcester to take note. They don't tell these fucks to support their local scene. Okay, you fucks. <laughs> no, seriously. If you've got comics working out there, go see them. It's well worth your time and your energy. Seriously. And, and good luck with it, Lou. Uh, I, I wish you the best with it. It's, um, but it's really, if you got it, it's, it's, it's a cheap way to go have fun. And if we're, you know, and then there is a certain kind of a joy. You, you don't need to heckle bad comics. There, one of the great joys that I've had as a comic is, uh, is even when I was a bad comic, was people watching how bad I was and me watching how bad other people were. God damn it, that's fun. <laughs> There's no need to heckle them. You just go, holy fuck, son of a bitch. I didn't know you could sweat over sweat. <laughs> this is from Jason Ballard, and this is um, really, I thought, very honest for you to give your name. I hope it's really not your name. I cut my balls while manscaping. <laughs> and my, my wife was out of pads. Well, you should have looked in the medicine chest there, Jason. And that's why I don't um, manscape, okay? I don't think there's a reason to take a razor blade near that. <laughs> no, 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 no. There could be a call, there could be anything. You know, something happened, you know, all you have to do is hear thunder. Wahoo! <laughs> And then, uh, and then Bob Vila, which I don't think is his name, I want to express my frustration in the fact that people these days have to suck a bunch of dick to get promoted. Bob, uh, it's not just these days, it's, uh, it's been that way for quite some time, Bob. There was, there was always important that you sucked a lot of dick to get to the next, but you know, there's a ladder. It's the ladder and oh, six cocks, you get to go up to the next. It's the way it works, Bob. It wasn't like before they were going, oh boy, boy, oh boy, look at that resume. Nope, uh, no, no, no. Oh, that's a nice resume, now lick my cock. Um, This is, uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to end with this one because it's uh, really a great one to end with. And, uh, <clears throat> and because we have a, what they call a hard out. So uh, I, I do want to thank you all. You've been a terrific crowd tonight, and I really appreciate it. And, um, 
And I, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. Next week, uh, we're going to be in, I don't even remember. So I don't even know why I brought it up. Uh, oh, yeah, no, we're going to be in uh, Montclair, New Jersey, and we're going to be in Concord, New Hampshire, if you're looking for some more ice, and uh, in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, where I've never been. And uh, it's a very exciting week for us, and so I just want the folks out there to know, start sending your rants in now, please, and we'll get them off. And I really try to do them from the places that I'm at, most of the stuff, everything that I've read so far. This one came in earlier, but I just, I've been holding it off for a while because I wanted to, you know, it's, it's, you, you got, it's right up your alley. This is from Sterling Hurst. For most of my working life, I've been in the service industry because I had the genius insight to decide in college to major in computer graphics technology with a minor in philosophy, forgetting that I've got vision problems since birth because I'm an Agent Orange baby since my dad served in Vietnam, and they've progressively gotten worse as I've gotten older. Fuck me, right? Thanks for the memories, Photoshop. As for the philosophy degree, well, we all know that's only good for pushing carts at Walmart or convincing other naive college students that it's a viable major with a plethora of opportunities waiting for them. But what drives me constantly insane and fills me with a vengeful, acidic rage, customers. So much so that I've developed a split personality. The new guy in my head is not a nice man, but thankfully he's figured out how to control my mouth and vocalize his opinions to the customers after their questions. You know, the timeless classic questions that only dipshits ask. Oh, how would you describe the flavor profile on this wine? It's wine! It tastes like wine, motherfucker! What do you want me to do? Open the bottle and ask it for you? You think I had to taste every single product in the store to get this fucking job? I've had to move all the sharp objects from the register area. <laughs> as well as the maintenance man's toolbox from under the counter because I'm worried that this new guy in my head may grab the nearest ballpoint pen and jab it into my temple the next time a customer comes into my store and asks, excuse me, do you sell eggs or milk? This is a liquor store! That's not a fact exactly. We, we, that's not a fact we exactly hide seeing is how the bright fucking letters on the front read liquor and tobacco, not liquor and tobacco plus random shit. <laughs> Even if they don't have a question, we still get the same stupid shit responses. Is that all I can get for you today? Huh? I'll take a million dollars if you got it. Listen here, asshole. This is a transaction for goods and services, not open mic night at your local coffee house. And look at me. You really think if I had a million dollars to give away, I'd even fucking be here? No, I'd be off doing millionaire shit. Get the fuck out of my store. And I swear to fuck, if one more person gives me the fucking line, oh, should be good, I just printed it off before I came here, when I go to check a 50 or or $100 bill on my bill scanner, I may jump the counter and strangle them, then string them up on the side of my store as a warning to other mouth breathers like they did in the days of old. I do have customers I like, and they are all other service industry workers. We rarely speak. We only look at one another and give a single acknowledging nod. No word to be spoken, because by the time they make it to my store, they're at the end of another soul-pulverizing day. And frankly, they have no words left. They've been taken by all the Karens and Tylers, Devons and Caitlins with a Y. They say video games are causing mass shootings. Oh, I say they are preventing many more because there isn't a clerk, cashier, server, or line, line cook alive who hasn't gone home and taken their day out on the innocent video game citizens of Grand Theft Auto V. Thank you very much, Sterling. Thank you one and all. It's been a pleasure spending time with you. I hope you have a very, very good Christmas. Take care of each other. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. 
You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me. Ha <laughs> Lewis Black. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salkin. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.